this week on The Inswinger. It's as competitive as it's ever been getting into Europe with Newcastle and Brighton and Villa. I mean, my boys, West Ham, again, this is our third straight year playing in Europe. It shouldn't be happening. And, th and this is why everybody else in the world laughs at us. You're supposed to lose to the Netherlands. Right. I remember saying, I think the U.S. met expectations. You have goal scores, you have combination play. I think the ability to get Valga was massive. Welcome back to the Inswinger. I'm Charlie DiMatteo, joined by Harrison McGlashan. And special guest, Coach, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Kevin Nyland, BU Men's Soccer. Yeah, Thanks, pleasure guys. to have you in. Your second appearance uh, on the Inswinger. Change of name since uh, last time we saw you. Last time we saw you, we were in the midst of the World Cup, right in the thick of it, around that quarterfinal, semifinal stage. Lots happened since then with BU Men's Soccer, with the Premier League, with the United States Men's National Team, which we'll get into. We're going to cover all those topics uh, in the next hour or so, but we'll get right into uh, your squad, the guys you're with day in, day out here at BU, and that's the BU men's soccer team. Uh, you're currently tied for top of the Patriot League table right now with Loyola, Maryland. Big game coming up uh, against them, I think, in a week or two uh, with 10 points, unbeaten thus far. It's been a really hot start to the season, especially some goals are starting to, to flood in. What do you think, or can you pinpoint one reason why it's been a positive start to the season? Yeah, I, you know, we, we've, after last season, losing to Navy and PKs, um, while it left a sour taste in the guy's mouth, it was also something that we talked about that we had yet to experience, postseason play. And I think it was a vital step for our group. And, you know, I'm taking it back because it probably gives a little context. Um, and then we go into spring. And I've... I felt our group, spring seasons can be really tough, right? Everything is predicated on your fall and your conference and, you know, going from there. And the spring seasons are always about individual development with the understanding of team development, but you can have some lulls there, right? Um, you only are playing five, six games, mm. so you're training much more. So we looked at last spring as a really pivotal time for our group. We had 24 of the guys on the current roster with us. Out of how many? Out of 27. And so we looked at it as, okay, how do we continue to prepare for this fall and be really objective? Um, and I felt... You know, last fall, uh, and I say this with a smile, you know, and, and you guys would always remind me, we, we don't score goals, right? And it was maybe a little more defensive at times. Um, but we didn't concede a ton, mm. right? And we knew that. Um, everybody involved, players, staff, goals change games. And so in the spring, uh, I want to say maybe we scored 16 goals in six games, right? Good return. Um, and maybe gave up four. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, w it, was, it was a fraction. And who were you playing in those games? So in the spring, we played uh, a team from Canada, which is an exempted game, so it gives us an extra game. So that's our sixth game. Uh, they're, they're counted as an international game. Okay. Um, we played Dartmouth, Providence, Rutgers, Stonehill, and 
Ooh, why am I dropping this one? Um, URI. Okay. Mm-hmm. So local Northeast teams. Guys who we don't play typically in the right. regular season, uh, but still teams. Rutgers won the Big Ten last year, NCAA tournament. Um, Providence has been very good for years. URI has been good. Um, and we didn't lose a game in the spring. And so my point is, what's one thing? I think our guys have had a really good mindset in terms of what we needed to do to progress from last season to make sure we were ready for this season. And I don't know if it's necessarily one tangible uh, thing that you can look and say, okay, is it this or that? But I think overall from when we ended last November to when we came back in preseason, it was pretty clear what the guys wanted to accomplish this year. Pretty cohesive, uniform message. Continuity within the group, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We there's three freshmen who have come in, right? Aside from that, everybody was with us all spring, and so there's experience, maturity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it also goes to this group that we have now predominantly has been with us since we as a staff have come here in January of 2020. Your guys and you, yeah, you it's know just them. And expectations of what uh, training is going to look like. Right. Expectations of off the field and, and, and what we need to do every day. And so, um, yeah, if, if you have to go one thing, I, I think it's, it's a collective responsibility uh, from the group in, in being mature and being objective with what they aim to do this year um and you know i I get to see him all the time and so maybe i'm biased in it but our our guys have been have been really good have been very focused um every day yeah we we, we've dropped a couple games we drew on the weekend uh felt like a loss maybe for some guys doesn't change what we're doing but i think we're in in a really good spot right now at six two and two and as you said Top of the table in the conference. I don't want to change that, but right. there's still a lot of soccer ahead right. of us. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's been a, it's been since I've been here. This group, it's been the best start for the program. Yeah, hundred percent. I want to get into sort of your tactical message a little bit. When you come up against teams like you know your Colgates, Lehigh's, who you know are just going to sit back, soak it up. What's your tactical message? How do you get your team, who in the past you've said you know struggles to score goals from time to time. What's the message? How do you break those teams down? And what's gone wrong when, you know, you've drawn nil-nil to a Colgate? Yeah, maybe I don't have the correct tactics. <laughs> um, no, I, I, part of, and we talked about this with the group, since we've been here, we've played at least five different formations. Yeah. Um, we are very fluid. And that's part of what we do at training. Um, in the spring, we implemented a, a completely new formation um i had actually never coached it so it was new for us as a staff and coaching it and and what's expected and responsibilities but i think that goes to the point of just being prepared um are we we've changed in game where we've we've played in a three four three and we've changed into a four four three three with one holder and two attackers or two holders and one attacker. And I think our guys do a very good job in such. Um, 
have we figured out all of the answers? No. Um, how do you how do you break down a low block? Yeah, Colgate on on Saturday, and I, you know I'm I have a lot of respect for Eric. He's he's done. He's been there for a lot of years. Had really good teams. Um, I think at, in the second half they just said, "Hey, we got it. We got to defend, right?" And they mm-hmm. did a heck of a job doing such. Yeah. Um, how do you break that down? Ask Pep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I said this after the game. We would have loved if they had kind of yeah. drawn a line a little higher to, to come out. Yeah. Um, they didn't. I think we could have been a little more patient in service. Um, I think we could have done a little better job of maybe a, a back post late run. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, combination play. I mean, there's – I don't – I don't think tactically we were off on Colgate. I think we were just not clinical, mm-hmm. and we didn't One take our games. chances. And, you know, you, does it happen if you play that game ten times? Does it happen, right. you know, one time like that? Or does it happen a couple? I, I don't know, but I think our guys uh, tried to do everything they could. We just couldn't yeah. find the back of that, unfortunately. Yeah, and then uh, you touched briefly on the experience in the group, which is apparent to see – two-part here how important has that experience been and is your ability to be fluid and play these different formations and switch in and out dependent upon you knowing you guys your guys have the experience to be able to do that because maybe with a younger more experienced group you'd have to stick to one tactic or one formation so what has experience done for that experience is i mean you can't you can't replicate guys who have been with the program for three plus years you can't replicate guys who are 21 22 instead of 17 18 right um does that yield results automatically no but i do think to your to your question i do think that it does allow us to say we're gonna we're gonna do x or we're gonna do y um because our guys know our guys are prepared our guys have trained it we we could prep for because of game you play a game on a weekend and then you got a midweek so you might only have two days of prep. Our guys still are are ready for that, um, even in a short window. So I think their soccer IQ um, and just, again, what we pass on to them and what we talk about as a group allows for it. But, yeah, uh, to your point, I think the experience uh, helps us. I, I think it typically always does, at least I would hope. Um and I think our guys who have been here have only gotten better being being in the environment. And I think they would probably say the same thing. So, yeah, the experience does help with knowing that I, I trust those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I trust our group. Our staff trusts our group. That's trusting them to, to do the right thing and knowing that sometimes they're not going to do the correct and, and they're going to make the the wrong decision. That That's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing they know – that we completely have 100% confidence in, in them going out yeah. there and doing the job. And let's go to the other end of the spectrum, right? We've seen some really impressive freshman performances this season. How impressed have you been with, with the younger guys on your team? Sophomores as well. I mean, John Roman's been great. Talk about a little bit about your, your younger guys in the squad. Yeah. Um, you know, the sophomore class has a year under their belt now, um, and that's a big class. John Roman, wow. Ryan Lau. Neil Carlson, Giuseppe Bagnato, Diego Rived, Quinn De La Mata, 
right, in no particular order. Those six guys all played last year as freshmen and all have now increased their capacity as sophomores. Um, so that has been massive for this group. And they are a big core of what will take place moving forward. Yeah. Um, and they've already contributed on the field uh, in, in their early tenure. So that, that group, um, you know, John's in the midfield, Diego's in the midfield, Quinn, Neal, and Lauer, and Giuseppe are in the back, right? And um, great group of guys all lived together, lived together all last year as a freshman. The, the six of them all lived together now with a couple other guys. Um, you know, they all went away on a, on a trip this past summer. They, they toured Europe, mm. went to some games. That's how close of a group they are, and you see it mm. um, on the field as well. But, yeah, a, a, a big maturity year from freshman to sophomore year for them. Um, and then the freshman class, Jason, Will, KK, and Luke. Um, you know, Jason and, and Luke have played more than – KK and Will. Um, Will has uh, come in and he's behind two goalies who are older and, and have more experience and right now are in better form than him. And, and he's great and trains every day and is prepared and he's going to be someone down the line. KK is still getting his legs underneath him um, and has had moments and has trained very well in the last two weeks where Jason and, and Luke have played more minutes. Um, and have had more contributions uh, on the field thus far uh, from a minute standpoint. And the two of them have been great. Um, Jason, a local guy, captained the U19 Revs to a, to a national championship for MLS Next, was the most valuable player of the entire tournament. Is the only, you know, each age group has an MVP, and he's the only one who's uh, a college-bound guy. Mm. The 17s. And uh, 16s and 15s, I think they're all homegrown pros. Any worries that he might, you might, you know, in, in hockey, there's always been yeah. a flight risk. Uh, is that something you... Listen, if the Revs decided that they wanted to sign him, they probably would already have. Okay. But they, they still have his rights. And if they want to, that's great for Jason. Mm. Uh, I don't think he's thinking about that. When, if and when that time comes, that, that's a conversation we would have, and I would completely, as I always do, would support what he wants to do while also giving him a uh, perspective, right? Um, but he's been, he's been in an unbelievable environment as a youth player. They won back-to-back -back national championships. Um, he was the captain, as I said, a very important person in, in their group, and a lot of their guys – that he played with over the last two years when they had a lot of success, those guys are all in D1 teams. Right. Um, you know, his, his starting group from this past season, they're two are at BC, one's at Providence, two are at UVM, um, one's going to Syracuse, two are going to Penn State, one uh, signed a homegrown. Um, it, 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 it was Serious an, impress players, it was yeah. an yeah. impressive group. It is impressive. Yeah. It's an impressive group. And then... Luke was uh, a guy out of a, a smaller club team in Maryland that we had seen years ago and really liked him and said, man, he's, he's going to be a perfect fit. Let's, let's, let's do it. And he was unsure of what he wanted to do, and 
he finally committed pretty late um, second semester senior year. Wow. Hmm. Where he's like, no, this, this is where I want to be. And so he's come in um, and given us a lot of depth centrally, which has been nice to see. Good frame, good yeah, lines, um, good on the ball, can score. As a youth player, he played as a six. Um, and it was really interesting. His, he has an Engl- a Scottish English coach, and they actually played, um, contrary to stereotypes of, of <laughs> certain, certain uh, coaches culturally. And they played so much that as a six, he was in his own 18 on the build, but yet he was also required to be at the opposite box on the attacking side. Sounds like Jude. And he had, box to box, man. He had there like 20 assists and 20 goals wow. this past year wow. before coming. So those two guys, yeah, they've been, they've been great. Um, and I expect that, that entire class to continue with, the, with that sophomore class. And then one more point here um, before we ask for like your expectations for the season. Uh, you mentioned there him playing as a six, and, and we've seen a lot of variation in positions for some of your guys this season. Eitan Rosen, who spent a lot of time at wing back in the past couple of years or as a winger, he's played up front, looked great there. Diego Rived played up front a bit last year, but has dropped deeper and looked really strong, in my opinion, this year. How do you go about analyzing you know, a player's strengths and then approaching them saying, hey, we think we want to move you around a bit. Are you okay with that? What's that process like? Yeah, no, fair. Um, you know, Etan, as a youth player, was a winger or an inside 10, but preferred to be on the left side and tuck inside. Inverted uh, role. Yes. Last year in our 3-5-2, Etan would say he was a left back, and I would fight him all the time, but I just can't listen to it all the time, mm-hmm. so I'd say, okay, yeah, you're a defender, just to just to appease him. Um this this year and did a heck of a job. Um, very responsible defensively, tactically. Um, this year now in a two forward system that we've played at times, and even in a three man, he's played wide left. Um, but he's also been really good closer to goal. Um, and you saw it on Saturday. Even though he didn't score, he had chances. Uh, particularly the one in the first half, and then uh, the one in the second half. So um, for him, it's. Yeah, it's a conversation, but a lot of these guys, they want to just help the team win. Diego last year, we, we didn't have an out, an out center forward, and Diego as a youth player played as a six. Mm. That's his natural position. We gotcha. knew it. But we needed a little more of a depth rotation high, and I told him, I said, listen, I think you can do it. You're strong enough. You're robust enough. You can kind of play underneath in the pockets at times. Um this year, he has come back. I think he's been one of our best guys. I think he's been phenomenal. Um, as a deeper, yep. six. He, but as a youth player, yeah, he was a 6'8". And I think that's where, that's where we recruited him for. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was just kind of a one-off. And I told him that. Um, and he was fine with it. And now he's much in a more natural position. And I think you see his qualities. And I don't expect that to, to move as we go forward. Gotcha. And then last point here before we move on, uh, I was speaking to my f- good friend Sam Rob O'Hagan who covers you guys for uh, WTVU in the free, uh, and he had talked to some of the guys after, uh, I think it was the Holy Cross game, uh, and the expectation amongst the group is it's like we're here to win, and we're here to win the Patriot League, and that's what we're 
you know, set out to do? What What is your expectation as a coaching staff as, you know, this is this is our goal? I don't have that. I let the guys dictate that. My expectation, and they know my expectation, is that we come to training every day and we prepare. Mm-hmm. And I take it one game. They, they go a little, <laughs> and that's fine, right? Um, I think that's the beauty of sport. That's the beauty of being in a team environment um, and, and a group that knows what they want to do. Um, I hope, you know, for their sake that, you know, they have the opportunity to do such. And so far, I think we put ourselves in a good position. But, yeah, my, my goal is, is very simple. I'm an I'm a in-the-present guy. I don't look beyond tomorrow. Uh, I'm today, uh, so I'm and I, they they give they make fun of me for it. Like, oh, coach, yeah, you're only worried about the next game. Yeah, I'm worried about the next day of training. Right. Um, and if we're prepared, Don't then take care of itself. Th- then we're going to be in a good spot. Yeah. I worry less about the uh, the outcome as I worry about the process, and we talk about that a lot. Um, I I you know after I heard them talking about, yeah, it's, it's uh, Patriot League or, or nothing or Patriot League ring or nothing. Um, yeah, I disagree with just putting that out there. But at the same time, I got to support the guys. And if that's what collectively I know they want to accomplish, I- I'm with them. Right. I'm with them. But I also have to keep them grounded and humble. And, and they are. Um, but that's, that's the coach in you. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to move on to some pro talk. Um, I don't think we actually touched on this last year. Uh, who is the team, whether it's Champions League, Premier League, Europe, who you're like, all right, it's the weekend, Saturday morning. I'm, I'm turning that on, and I've got the kid on. Who is that team for you? I have, we have our inferences, but we're not <laughs> quite sure. Yeah, you're probably going to say, like, what, I'm a Man City guy? No, we, th- no. we thought Liverpool. Yeah, so I, I've, so I lived with – so I'd say this. It's very rare for me to get two hours on a weekend where I can just sit and watch right. soccer. Mm. Um, I, I have three young kids. All right. um, I can get a half out of my kids on, a, on an early Saturday morning. That first, They've got 45 in the that legs. That first 7.30 game, guys, is brilliant for me. Yeah, okay. okay? Yeah. Klopp hates that, though. He hates the Yeah, yeah he, does, he doesn't off. like that kick, yeah. right? Um, so I have to say that. That it's... It, so I typically watch them later. Um, gotcha. But yeah, Liverpool. When I was playing professionally, I I, I was good friends and lived with uh, with an English guy. Um, he was from Workington, and his team was Liverpool. And so every Is weekend, yeah, every weekend, it was beans, toast, a cup of tea, <laughs> watch Liverpool. And so that kind of like started me on Liverpool. Right okay. when I was growing up, it was all. You didn't. Soccer wasn't on TV, right. like it is yeah. now. It, it wasn't as accessible, which is right. unbelievable right. for for your generation and all of them beyond, right? Because we all know it's the number one sport in the world, right. and of so course. more of it to be able to be seen is great. But yeah, Liverpool, um, you know, obviously not a great year last year. But that doesn't mean I I close my eyes. But this year it's it's been okay. Obviously a. Questionable. We've uh, talked about that. Yeah, questionable weekend. Yeah. yeah, we'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you guys have obviously seen it, right? <laughs> yeah. And you've obviously oh, we've listened <laughs> to yeah the 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 volume. The audio. It sounds this, it sounds like a Call of Duty like gaming like group like chat like split. There's like, guys, way way too many voices. Too many cooks in the kitchen. One guy, as Bobby Seraphine used to say. say. 
It was, yeah. you, have, you have one guy you can talk to the ref because you, you get you get this confusion where it's like the technology worked here. It was just the incompetence, <laughs> yeah, the miscommunication. Of the people and one thing Simple. I said, yeah, you can't get that yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, just can't. that's it's, the it's whole ridiculous. point of the technology. Yeah. Well, what we said yesterday was, I said, the point of the technology was to eliminate human error. But what we're seeing is increasing the opportunity for human error. So those people who maybe weren't great at their jobs and would make the, you know, the two two out of every 10, they'd get it wrong. Well, now it's like... There's more than just ten opportunities because it's it, it's it's fingernails, it's intense red for it. card. They're looking for it. It's yeah. the same thing with the slow motion. I just think yeah, the when you look at the frame. Curtis Jones tackle in real time, you're like, okay, he's gone in, but he's got a piece of the ball, right? There's no mal intent. Yeah. But when you freeze frame it, it's like, oh, his studs are right yeah, on his ankle. A leg breaker. You can't freeze frame. You can't do it. It's that's totally it. different. It, it looks you, totally different. It, it, you can't freeze frame. But yeah, no, that's unfortunate for Liverpool on the weekend. I think Trent's slowly coming back. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, McAllister's been good. He has. They played well. We Gravin's need another midfielder. Graven Birch is in getting in, but is that, we talked about this in our in our transfer review, is he the six? Because that's what's been screaming out to us. is like, you guys are going to score some goals. It looks like VVD and Kanate and Matip are going back to their best. Same with Trent and Robbo. But if you can't have that, that safety valve out of six in replace of Fabinho, it's going to be hard for you guys mm. to win a league. With especially how they play. Yeah, right. I mean, Trent and Robertson like to just bomb on. Yeah, you and, know where and, they're going. And Trent's been what they've they've done it recently with Gomez, and he's not Trent, but no. yeah. inverting him to another midfielder in there. I think McAllister needs to be higher as a, as yeah. A, as that's an his, eight. Yeah, that's his. He's he's a he's a, a forward thinking eight. Yeah, he's, he, he's he is instead eight. of instead of on the defensive side. But listen, Salah's been good. Um, for the most part, Darwin is Darwin is, is alive. You know, he looks sharp. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hoda is a red card every uh, away every <laughs> single game. Yeah. Um, I like the group. Still, still dealing with. I mean, they're always susceptible for a counter. Yeah. So still got to be able to deal with that. But I think that I think that's just how Klopp has kind of let him go. Yeah. Um, I've always said this. We I don't think we've ever found a replacement for Mane. And, and that was a... That was really? A, that I think Luis Diaz is brilliant. Yeah. He's but, not Mane, but... It, and and But that he, that allowed him, the group, to do so much. What what about Mane's game in particular? I mean, just his work rate alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he... And I'm, and I'm not against anybody who they brought in. But I just think it, it, that was a that was a tough one. It, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the group. I mean, what are they five one and one maybe? That was their first defeat all yeah, year, yeah. and they were going, on the longest going back streak. a while. They go eighteen games yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, so a good squad. Yeah. Who, who's your guy? So like for me for West Ham, it's Bowen. He's just he's just the guy. Who's your Dude, guy? I don't Harrison. even know, man. <laughs> Did Everton have a guy? Jared Branthwaite at the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pickford's the guy at Everton. Yeah, he is. He, no, but your guy. Oh, my guy. Your guy. Um, my guy. Uh, that's actually difficult. That's We've it. got a lot of new guys that have come in True. in attacking areas. Like it used to be Richarlison. Like right. he was my guy. Um, now it's like McNeil. Is he like Calvert Lewin's never fit? Yeah. Uh, Jack Harrison's just come in. Ah, your Berkshire boy. Just come in. Yeah, yeah. So Jack Harrison's. My guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. There Who's you go. your guy? Who's he's who, got to be my guy. Who's your guy for Liverpool, coach? Who it's like if you're 15 years old again, you're getting the name on the back of the shirt. Who are you going for? It's gotta be Mo. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's probably Salah, you know. Um, but my guy is probably not on Liverpool. <laughs> who is it? Is he on? Who? who Rodri. Rodri. Okay. okay. It's a great shout. I think yeah. he's just. He, we raved about Rodri on the yeah. show. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah. I I'm just like a massive. He's he's a throwback. Yeah. Tuck I mean, my shirt. guy, my guy, early days of Liverpool was obviously CVG. Right. Right. Like that's. I see a bit of CVG in Salva's line. The way he strikes the ball. He's got the number eight shirt. He's that offensive eight. Probably doesn't do as much defensively as Stevie G did. Uh, but yeah, I, not quite as well-rounded. But I didn't I watch mean, much Stevie G as I was seven years old and didn't know who yeah. Liverpool was. But Yeah, yeah we've <laughs> seen the highlights. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Rodri. Rod, so for me, when Rodri first came to the league, it was like, oh, the city spent another 60 mil on an up-and-coming DM from Atletico. But it's, it's beyond that. He's got this clutch gene. He scored the winning goal in a Champions League final. It's not mentioned enough. No. It's really not. It really isn't. Like, De Bruyne went down, City were tied, and it was like, all right, who's going to step up? And it was Rodri. He's just always there. He's going to miss the Arsenal game coming up, which is huge because of his, you know, he tried to choke out. Yeah, uh, that was was weird. I'm more tailor my comment to the game. No, I know. I know. I'm not trying to set you up here. Um, Who is the closest to Rodri in the BU men's soccer team? Who is the Rodri guy? I have an idea, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. You tell me who your idea is first. Uh, it, to me, Kevin Torres is the most like. I mean, he's probably a foot smaller than him, but the guy who's For just sure. at the anchor, who will just ping the ball about, run all over the pitch. That that's who I would off off the top of my head. Yeah, I I think it's it's one of two guys. It's either KT or Diego. Yeah, that's yeah. I was thinking. And Diego's Diego. probably more 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 recent. Mm. Um, just just in terms of. I think he's been uh, very good for us. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't disagree, not just because they are they both play as the big yeah. for us, but I think those those two guys, they're, KT is unbelievable. KT grew up in the LA Galaxy youth system, was always a smaller player, so always had to learn how to use his body and be really smart. Mm. If you look at KT's timing on aerial balls, it's, it's phenomenal. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I, I would say those two are, are pretty good comparisons. They, I mean, you're you're in the same name as Rodri. I mean, geez, those guys are yeah. loving life. Loving life. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think I would ever do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to ask about the players? Well, then? let's just finish with maybe your your expectations for them this season. Uh, maybe beyond this season, you know, where what's the ceiling for this team? Can can they do it with this with this new group? Eventually, probably not this season because City are. Yeah, strong, I, I think this season is is tough, but you're still early days. Um, I think you probably need another midfielder. Really? Yeah. I do. Um, but <coughs> to your point, uh, Virgil looks a lot more comfortable, looks a lot more healthy. Yeah. Like he can run. Um, so, uh, you know. Is Man City the best team, in my opinion? Yes. I think it's you guys, Arsenal, and City, though. I don't, especially I love Big Ange. I don't think Spurs are in no. that title race, and I don't think it's limited to just Arsenal and City again. It might be, but I just get the hunch We're that, still in October. I know. Yeah. yeah and City, totally. we saw, I mean, are, they they're vulnerable without, without Rodri. Stones, Stones, Rodri, De Bruyne, I all mean, out. Nunez and Kovacic. No. I mean, that's not that's not the your ideal double pivot, yeah, you know? I mean, so. Yeah, they wanted huge opportunity for Arsenal. They wanted just gotta to get back in shape. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a, that's non-negotiable. Yeah, have to be back in that. And it looked like 
so the, the Champions League <coughs> is changing formats for next year. They're, they're expanding it. <clears throat> and uh, two leagues will get an extra spot in the league based on the previous season's performance. Yeah, it's called the coefficient. The coefficient. Yep. Right now, England's dead last, I think, because United haven't won a game. Arsenal lost. I mean, <coughs> West Ham, we're the ones carrying the weight. Villa lost <laughs> in the Conference League. I think Liverpool... West Ham, I think City are the only ones who haven't lost a game yet. So that should be interesting because if, if you can finish fifth, where I'm getting to yeah. is that it's it's as competitive as it's ever been getting into Europe with Newcastle and Brighton and Villa. Uh, I mean, my boys, West Ham, again, this is our third straight year playing in Europe. Um, and, and we're not even talking about Chelsea and United who are yeah. all over the shop right now. So you yeah. say Liverpool back in the Champions League is a minimum, but... You can't, it's not, it's no longer taken for granted. No, and it's, I always say this, it's hard to win. Yeah. It's hard. And, and all of those teams that you just mentioned are all unbelievable. Yeah. They're all good in their own different way. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's not going to be an easy feat by any means, but I think, I think if you were to ask that dressing room, they'd all, they'd probably be saying, yeah, we, we got to get back into that. Yeah. For sure. That's something I look at, right? The the Prem title, I think it's going to be. Yeah. The Europa League title, maybe. Europa League title. Yep. It's yeah. there for the taking. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. going to have to get through us, which, uh, you know, <laughs> our pedigree in Europe is. Uh, and Brighton. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brighton lost Brighton their opening game. Brighton did lose. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to our last segment uh, of the w- of this week's episode. Uh, I want to get into some uh, U.S. men's national team talk. Last time. We were here with you. We were talking about, is Greg the guy going forward? If he isn't, who do you go out and get? Since then, you know, a whole, a whole lot has happened uh, after our loss to the Dutch. Um, uh, first, I want to start off with the Gio Reyna fiasco. We were all sat here kind of questioning why he wasn't playing. Why is he not getting more minutes? Um, and we kind of surmised it might have just been down to uh, something off the field, and that's what it was. It was this black male with <coughs> Claudio Reyna. I mean, I just want to get your take on all that. I know that was a few months ago now, but just the soap opera-like saga that went down. How 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 is that still happening? This is this shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening, and th- and this is why everybody else in the world laughs at us. Yeah. Right. And and listen, maybe other nations have corruption in, in a different <laughs> form, right? Um, and, and, you know, FIFA, you, we can go through it for hours. But, yeah, from a simple perspective of that taking place and to the level it took place and at the World Cup, guys, step back. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, it's a shambles. It's unfortunate. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's just not needed. It's a distraction. I think they... I think they did a good job in terms of the group, right? right they and got just through. And, and getting through. But, you know, you, you read all the reports. I, you know, I, I read them just like you guys probably. Uh, you know, guys addressing Geo and, and trying to handle it. It was like it. a vote. Yeah. Like, <sighs> this isn't a game. This isn't a reality so TV bizarre. show. So like, bizarre. And then, then it goes to the saga of, okay, now Greg's out, and then there's, a, you know, an HR process and then his contract, and then he's rehired. I don't have a problem with him being rehired. We'll get into that. I wanted to ask you about that. I yeah. don't, but you should have just dealt with it from the get-go. Right. It seems like – I want to ask you about – But the, it's a bit Mickey Mouse yeah. because you let him go <laughs> and then it's figure it out. Look, it, it? It's th- That's my whole point. Yeah. Like, from start to finish, it's just not a great look from our 
national level of a group of our national team is good. I mean, this yeah. is as it good is a of a really team good group. that I mean, if you're looking at, you have to be excited yeah. about our hosting the next one. You're hosting Copa America. You're hosting get. Copa America, right? Yeah. For the second time, I think we did it maybe. Was it fourteen or sixteen? I want to say we hosted. Well, this is this that, is that the, was the th- th- that was the the uh, it was like a variation. A variation. This is the first time. This is the I first time with in, with with the big boys. With the big boys. Yes. South America. Yeah. So what is it? Ten Comball and then six six from Concacaf, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have that. You have World Cup. So I'm just saying, like all of it, it's like, okay, we're in a really good place with a good core of young players. They're playing at a high level. We are hosting. What are we doing from the o- overall saga, if you want to yeah. say? And so it's just not a great look. That, that's all. You know, that's why those guys get paid the money and, and the federation deals with it. And I, you know, like I know guys who within just from my, my experiences in, in network. Um, so I, we got to be able to figure that out. Yeah, it's That's just all. this is this is it for the U.S. Yeah. Like it, tournaments are coming up. Yes. You're hosting, so I just wonder if they needed to show some ambition. Maybe I, I don't think Greg's a bad coach. No, but I just think this is this is the time to seize the opportunity. So and, and I don't I know. If the jury's after, out. They went after big the, international coaches, yeah. and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I wanted. I'll tell you the guy. I, I know wanted. you. I wanted Thierry Henry. Okay, he was not just for pure vibes. I feel like. You have Henri on the touchline. It's like I feel leading the team out at, at 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 Jerry's World in Texas. Like what a spectacle that would be. But getting back to why Greg was rehired, I actually think Christian Pulisic throughout the entire process continuously brought up how much he liked Greg and how much he uh, thought Greg did a good job. And I think that had so much sway because I don't think he I don't think that was the majority opinion. I think Christian's you know, presence as I, he, he was captain. I know Tyler was captain during the tournament, but I think that had a big part to play because it was clear, I think, that the big, big names they probably interviewed, like a Jose or whoever, or Zidane, who yeah. declined, a step too <laughs> declined far. to interview. Yeah. They weren't going to get that, so the alternative might, must have been someone abroad, maybe like an Henri who didn't have the experience, and so instead they went back with Greg, who knows these guys, and obviously Pulisic was a fan. But now, now you have Gio Reyna there still, who does not have a good relationship with this coach. We haven't even gotten to follow in Balogun, who, despite only playing like three games under Greg, already has had a few uh, like spit, spit bats with him like on the sideline, and it's not looked good. So the question now is, can Greg take the next step? You did a great job of you know coming from our lowest point to back where we expect to be, you know, progressing to the group stage of the World Cup. Now we have even more talent with the likes of Balogun and Malik Tillman coming through, other guys. Is he capable of taking that next step? Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I think he got a lot right yeah. in the World Cup. So I don't. It's not. It's not doom and gloom that he's back in the seat. Let me just say that right off the yeah. bat, uh, because he did get a lot right. And you know, you lost to the Netherlands. You're supposed to lose to the Netherlands. Right. I remember saying, I think the U.S. Met expectations, you know, in in the last World Cup. It's whether they can exceed expectations. Or and expectations are going to be higher. That's what I mean. When you're I think at home. expectations yeah. are now higher. Given yeah. okay, this is the golden generation. You're at home. Yeah, let's see. Got to make it happen. So we'll see. But I do want to get your opinion on Balogun. The striker position was such a big 
talking point at the World Cup. It was Josh Sargent actually did a decent job in that opening game against Wales uh, and England. And then, I mean, Ricardo Pepe was somehow left home. He's at PSB now scoring goals. Jesus Ferreira started the game <laughs> against the Dutch and then Reina came on at halftime. Now, Coach, we've got Balogun. You've got your nine. How important is that as the kind of the missing piece of the jigsaw for this huge, team? Huge, huge, huge. I think he's – I mean, you look at – if your front three is him, Weya, and Pulisic. Right. If you just say those three. You can extend a defense at any point. You have goal scores. You have combination play. I think it's. I think the ability to get him, Balgan, was massive. Yeah. And, I, and I hope it is the right missing piece because, yeah. um, again, he's got youth to him, but he's got serious, serious tools. Um, so I'm hoping. I, I, I'm. I'm a big fan. Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping. I think it's just it's just the coup as much as anything. It's the it's the addition that England, you know, hadn't complete. They didn't necessarily want him, but he he just scored. I mean, he just got sold for forty million pounds. You got a forty million pound striker, you yeah. know, at leading your line, and that's it's a Premier League front three. Yeah, you know, in terms of quality yeah. level, there's quality so, right there. Yeah. Sure. All over the pitch, there's quality. And Look I, at the midfield. I mean, yeah. you know, I love Yunus Musa. He's made an impression already. Over at Milan, you're seeing a bunch of guys. McKenny back under um, Allegri is is starting to get back to what we saw when he first moved to Juve. And when everyone was so high on him, obviously the Leeds move just did not work out. Nope. Speaking of Leeds, Aronson out on loan and, and struggling. Berlin. Yeah. He's got – I feel like everyone was a little hot on Brendan Aronson because uh, of, you know, he was under Marsh at Salzburg and then – I feel like he might have made that Leeds move just a year or two too early because mm. uh, you saw bits and pieces, but he just wasn't really a Premier League player. I actually don't think staying in the championship would have been that bad for him because it's a physical league. It's a well, different league. Look at Josh league. Sargent. Josh Sargent, right? who stayed in the championship, he obviously is still there. But I think for the type of game Aronson is going to develop into, he needs to add a bit more just beef yeah, and physi- muscle. Physically, Physicality. He's, physically, he's not a typical Prem guy. Yeah. He's energetic. Yeah. And he has certain qualities that can be useful for a Premier League team, especially a Leeds one, which we thought was going to be effective in there. You know, such high-intensity pressing, especially yeah. if a guy like Bielsa was still around. So that's interesting. Uh, but I want to I'll wrap this up, Coach, with your expectations. We briefly touched on this, Harrison, and I just now. For the Copa America and the World Cup, can the U.S. win Copa America over the likes of Argentina and Brazil? And can we make a run in 2026 with Greg and these players? Like, what is your... What is your goal? If media expectations was getting out of the group in 2022, what is it for 2024 and 2026? Copa America is going to be tough to win. Yeah, I, It's just, and it all depends on who gets released, who's playing, right, for every nation. Because you got Argentina, you got Brazil, you got to deal with Uruguay, Chile, Chile Peru. Mm-hmm. Like, you have teams, Ecuador, right? Like, it's still really difficult. Um, but I think that will be a good telling sign. Yep, I think that's going to be huge. I, I really do. I, I'm really looking forward to that. What, that's next next June, right? Yes. June 2024. Yep, it'll be around. It'll be after. I think I think Copa America usually happens after the Euros. So the Euros probably end in June, and I think so it's, after it's, that. Yeah, so yeah. June. So that will be a it's re- coming. It's a big marker to see where the team is at. Yeah, it will yeah. be a really good uh, mark. And then, yeah, you know, beyond that, World Cup, 
yeah, you, you've, you've gotten out of the group. You got to do it again. Yeah. You got out of the group and you didn't know kind of what was going to be, right? I think 2022, we got an idea of, okay, this should be the minimum. What is the ceiling? I don't know. But now you're saying, okay, pending draw, do you, do you win that game? You know, do you, do you, do yeah. you win the next game in, in terms of are, are we a top eight team? Are we a top 12 team? Are we, are we the 10 to 16? You know, I, I don't know. I think I think given the hype and the fact that it's we're hosting it, I would be disappointed if we went out in the round of 16 again. Mm-hmm. Now, with this format, I think there'll be a round of 32. Are they adding more teams? I think. Does that confirm uh, I don't know if, I don't actually know if the form there is more teams for 2026. I don't know if the format's confirmed. So it right. might be that there's more groups and three teams. Or there's always going to be... I can't stand what they're yeah, doing. They're, I don't know. And the, Champions League, World the, Cup. The 2030 World Cup location just got released today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be in Portugal, Spain, and Morocco. But the three but opening games are going to be in uh, Argent- Argentina, Argentina, Uruguay, and uh, and Paraguay, maybe. Because it's, it's an like, anniversary. It's like thing. the 100th world, the 100th anniversary, something yeah, like that. They're playing it across three continents. Yeah, which is wild. But for me, and expectations for 2026, I would be disappointed if this group... Four years later, and a Copa America later, and even better players later, ends at the same spot. I'm asking for progression. Mm. Yep. And maybe you get a bad draw, and yeah, it depends. Look back play. on that, and it's like, oh, well, you get England in the round 16. You can't really do much about that. But it's like I want to beat the Dutch, or you want to Switzerland, win a big game. or Sweden, or someone like that. Beat someone like I that. I think you. Yeah, I think, I think the fans in at home would love to see. Just win a big game, yeah. you know. Beat the Netherlands and not Mexico. Like beat no. a Euro- be- if you beat a European team, I think that's it's like okay, that's awesome. I can take you know? it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think people would be happy with that. You guys gonna go to a game? Oh yeah, I got it. Oh, I don't yeah. care how much it costs. We're. I mean, I, I, I got buddies who are saying three games, three different cities. I'm 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 probably gonna go to MetLife and Gillette and maybe the Bank in Philly. Maybe like, well, it depends who's for. playing where. True, because you know? I feel like I I'd love to go to a U.S. game, but they're probably either gonna be in Texas or L.A. Or LA. Or somewhere like I home. hope England are on the East Coast. Miami, yeah. Miami. If Italy are on the East Coast, that well, would we, be awesome. Italy, U.S. like in New Jersey, oh, could dude, you imagine? That would be insane. Uh, Ninety-four or Boston World Cup, or Philly. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, we're both gonna be in England in the spring studying abroad, so we're gonna get our oh, fair nice. share. Yeah. Of, where? Uh, in London, uh, we're gonna get our. Well, we'll be around. Footage. We'll be around. <laughs> we're, we're bouncing around. Are we doing games? Oh, we're oh, doing we're, games. That's why we're going. That's why we're going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, already eyeing up the derby, the Merseyside derby. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm eyeing up Rice's, Rice's return to the London Stadium. I'll be there for that. Yeah. I think. So have yeah, you guys seen games over there? I've only seen a preseason game. I we I was gonna go to to Everton's last game last year, but. Two years ago, uh, we went and we stormed the pitch. Saw the, yeah, I was on the pitch. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> I've been to I've been to two games at Goodison. We beat United in 2013, uh, or was it 2014? Um, and and that Palace game. And then I saw us get pumped by Arsenal last game of the yeah. season. Only game I've been to was a preseason friendly against Villa, but it wasn't even at Villa Park because it was under reconstruction. It was at Walsall Stadium. <laughs> It's a little League One stadium. It was great. Uh, you went to uh, Spurs. Oh, Milan. I did go to Spurs and Milan uh, in, in the Champions League on spring break. Oh, it was this no, last no. year. No, no, it was. It was that this, It was a second leg Champions League tie with the home team down a goal. You'd think Antonio Conte, you might have 
a bit more uh, initiative. Amber I think alert. we got an Amber Alert going this on here. The, no, this is the national. You guys didn't oh, hear of this today tests. on the news? No. This is like one of the first national. There's only been national testing uh, that everybody got. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the ghost of Antonio Conte as I'm shit-talking him. I mean, it was a snooze fest. It was like there was maybe one chance at the end for Kane. And uh, I mean, I'm a West Ham fan, so seeing Spurs upset isn't a bad thing. Yeah. But for I, see a goal. I, I travel all this way, but I want to see a goal, at least yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, but not to be. That would be exciting. Spring, yeah. Spring semester. It's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, no, good we're for buzzing guys. for it. We're buzzing. Yeah. We got to get some mics, take the pot on the road. Yeah. You know. We're going to get some match day experience, match day, some yeah. vlogs maybe. It's going to be... The Inswinger's leveling up in Stay 2024. Tuned. If I'm recruiting over there, I'll, I'll make sure to... to oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be great. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Coach, thank you for uh, coming on again. This is a great episode. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.